You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric, and this is episode 23. Yeah, part two. A little continuation. John. Yes, of the acid bath murder, John Hay. You ready? Yep. Awesome. Well, we're going to do a little, a little recap to refresh in your brain, because I'm sure you block this shit out of your mind real fast. So. <laughs> Where's the button to skip intro? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So John grew up with very religious parents and a strict father. Remember, his father built a 10-foot fence around their property in order for John to be restricted from any social contact out in the outside world. His father also told him about this blemish that he would get if he sinned. But at this time, John realized that he never got any such blemish. And after committing certain sins and stuff like that, his father warned him about he started to feel invincible because he didn't get this blemish and he could, you know, get away with anything. After a failed marriage and a baby girl that was given up for adoption, John had run some had some run-ins with the law and eventually moved to London in 1936. This is where he became a chauffeur for William McSwan, but later became William Cato Adamson, which was his new persona. Although he misspells his own, you know, quote-unquote name on the letterhead, he was caught and sentenced to four years for fraud. It was in jail that he figured that he had just killed these people and they could you know, not have alerted any authorities about his crimes that he had committed. And so, like I said in the last episode, he got the idea from the original acid bath killer, George Alexander Serrett. After being released from jail, he bumped into his old employer, William McSwan, who was now working for his parents, collecting rent from different London properties that his parents had owned. And John helped out with that. Although John became kind of jealous of William's lifestyle and wanted to collect as much money as possible. And also he was in debt a lot. So... He decided to lure him, William, into the basement of their place of work, and he hit William over the head, and then he slit his throat, placed him in a 40-gallon drum of acid. John supposedly drank his blood, you know, like in a mug, (laughs) and shortly after the murder, um, William's parents were very concerned as to where he'd gone, and John lied and said William didn't want to be drafted into the war, so he went to Scotland. After the war was ending and their son had not returned, they became very suspicious, and John then became worried that he was going to get caught. So he told William Will, he told William's parents that his son had returned home and that he was going to take them to see him. So once they arrived, John lured them to the same basement and killed them the same exact way and then put their bodies again in a 40-gallon drum of acid he took all of their pension sold their properties accumulated six thousand pounds and it was now that he was living at the uh, hotel and he rented a small workshop that he moved these drums full of acid to john came across an advertisement for a house on the market which belonged to dr archibald henderson and his wife rose john decided that you know this is going to be his next his next victims he befriended them for some time under a different name, of course, and eventually wound up stealing Dr. Henderson's gun from their house. John told Henderson about his new invention and that he wanted to show him. After arriving at the workshop, John shot Dr. Henderson in the head with his own gun. John then proceeded to call Rose and inform her that her husband was ill. And after she showed up, John shot her and placed their bodies in the baths of acid as well. And while living at the same hotel, 
Uh, John found his next victim, a very wealthy woman by the name of Olive Duran Deacon. She had an idea for the false fingernails, and John wanted to, you know, hear more about it. So he invited her to his workshop. He shot her with Dr. Henderson's gun, stole her jewelry and expensive coat, and placed her in an acid bath. And that is where we kind of left off last episode when Olive's friend Constance Lane reported her missing. So we will continue with that. Sergeant Lamborn was assigned to the case and spoke to John about the, the last time seeing Olive. John stated that he last saw her leaving the hotel wearing her black Persian fur coat. The sergeant thought it was a little off that John was staying at this hotel because living at this hotel were a lot of elderly people. And he was like the youngest one. So he just kind of thought that was a little odd. So this sergeant started to get a little uneasy feeling about John and relayed that to the police division. Detectives went back to the hotel where John and Olive had been residing and questioned the manager, Miss Robbie. Miss Robbie told the detectives that she never saw John with anyone or any visitors and that he wore expensive clothing and he drove really nice cars. She also stated that he was late paying for the room, but it was he paid it all off just two days before Olive was reported missing. The detectives went upstairs to talk to John again and they started talking to him. And he added that Olive was also carrying a red bag with her this time when she left the hotel. What John didn't know was that one of the detectives already knew of John. He had already interviewed John years earlier and remembered that John was a con man. When they returned back to the station, they looked up John's records and found his very lengthy criminal record. They weren't convinced at first that John would have gone from being arrested for fraud to committing murder. But the next day, when Olive's face was in the newspaper and the word was spreading about another person staying in the same hotel as John and Olive came forward and told detectives she had last seen Olive in the car with John. They did some searching. They found out about this little workshop that he had, you know, that he was renting, and they decided to go check it out. Once detectives gained access to the inside of the workshop, they found boxes, tools, and tons of empty bottles of sulfuric acid. Very little light peered in through this little workshop that he had through like the windows because uh, he had painted over the window so nobody could really see in. They did take one thing into evidence, which was a locked leather hat box. Once they were able to force it open, they found the gun, which was a revolver that belonged to Dr. Henderson that he killed him and uh, Olive with, I believe, and in uh, his wife Rose. Also a heavy red cellophane paper and a receipt from a dry cleaning store for a black Persian fur coat, the same one that belonged to Olive. So he had his little goodies in this hat box that he was saving. Olive's jewelry was also located at a local jewelry store nearby, and the jeweler noticed that John was the man that sold the jewelry to them. John was then taken in for questioning, and while they did that, detectives searched his hotel room. There they found several items, such as a shirt covered in bloodstains, a pen knife with blood on it, and a shopping list written by John, including items such as carboys of acid, which I guess I looked it up and they're like really, really big jugs. They also found rubber gloves, cellophane, and cotton wadding. Detectives also had the jewelry and the fur coat with them. After John's arrest on multiple murders, he did confess to killing all six of them, all six of the victims. He did claim that he killed three more, but they only knew of the six. He told police that drinking the blood of his victims was making him insane. There was never any really proof that John was drinking their blood, though. John did state after his arrest, quote, If I tell you the truth, you would not believe it. The truth sounds too fantastic for belief. 
Miss Durant Deacon no longer exists. She had disappeared completely and no trace of her can be found. Again. I have destroyed her with acid. Every trace has gone. How can you prove murder if there is no body? Unquote. So John had no idea that behind the workshop where he had, you know, in this drum, he would um, dump all of the so-called sludge filled with acid and everything. And police went back there and they discovered more remains. So he didn't even really get rid of these body parts with this acid, which was the whole point. So behind the workshop, pathologist Keith Simpson found 28 pounds of body fat, part of a foot, gallstones, and a part of dentures, which later identified as Olive Durant Deacon's dentures, and they were identified by a dentist. So yeah, it's just like this guy's a fucking idiot because the whole reason for acid was to dissolve the bodies and all the parts so that he wouldn't get caught, right? <laughs> yeah, do it right. <laughs> so it's like they find all this stuff back there and it just like blows my mind how smart they think they are. But they're really fucking stupid. Anyways, on July 18th, 1949, John's trial began and there were 4,000 people that crowded around the town of Lewis hoping to see the trial in court. John had obviously had no money for his defense, so he, uh, I'm sorry, a, a newspaper called the News of the World made a deal with John. The newspaper would help him pay for his counsel if John pretty much gave him a good exclusive story. Another newspaper called the Daily Mirror claimed that John was a vampire, and in a result for them doing this, they were found in contempt of court for doing this, and uh, the editor, Sylvester Bolum, was sentenced to three months in prison. Wow. I know, isn't that crazy? John's defense counsel tried to say he was insane and that he was mentally ill, but it was clear to the judge that John knew what he was doing because he attempted to hide all the evidence with all the acid. His defense didn't work on, and the jury, um, they only took 15 minutes to come to the conclusion that John Hay was guilty of murder. That's really short. After the verdict, the judge asked if John had anything to say, and he said, quote, nothing at all. The judge then sentenced him to be, quote, hung until dead. While in prison, he stated to his physician something like kind of creepy. So this is what he told him. Quote, I saw a forest of crucifixes, which gradually turned into trees. At first, I seemed to see dew or rain running from the branches. But when I came nearer, I knew it was blood. All of a sudden, the whole forest began to twist about. The trees streamed with blood. Blood ran from the trunks. Blood ran from the branches, all red and shiny. I felt weak and seemed to faint. I saw a man going around the trees, gathering blood. When the cup he was holding in his hand was full, he came up to me and said, quote, drink. But I was paralyzed. The dream vanished, but I still felt faint and stretched out with all my strength towards the cup, unquote. Sounds like he's taking some bad acid. Seriously. It's creepy as fuck. What the hell? So, yeah, on August 10th, 1949, John was hanged at the Wandsworth prison with a crowd of 500 people watching him. I mean, that was a thing they did back then, right? They watched people get hanged. And yep. What's like the guillotine where they chop off their heads? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, John had donated one of his like favorite suits that he would wear all the time to Madame Tussauds. Which was, uh, I looked it up, it's a, like a wax museum, and I'll post a picture of it, because it's actually really creepy. They made like a wax figure of John Hay, and they dress him up in a suit. Kind of looks like Hitler, but... Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So, follow me on uh, Instagram if you want to see those pictures. I'm gonna, well, I post them on all the social medias, but yeah, it's really creepy. So, 
that's the the final story of John Hay and his acid bath murderous sprees. Wow, he um, he fucked up. Mm-hmm. I know that's the whole these, point. The whole point was acid. That's why all these serial killers start with animals first for practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, because he was like doing that. Not yeah, getting yeah, any tips out there. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but yeah, he would like practice in jail and stuff like that, or in prison. So yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he also tried to blame his whole childhood on being insane and for him trying to, you know, not get a longer prison sentence or whatever, or not be sentenced to death, pretty much. Uh, I think most of them do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of fucking criminals do that. Murders. Fucking dumbasses. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. Yep. Thanks. Until next Monday. You ready, Eric? Yep. <laughs> all right stay safe be natural <laughs> stay safe stay. Be, all, be all natural <laughs> stay safe and be aware damn it stay safe and be aware